hold on. <laughs> Is it on three or three, two, oh God. one? Three, uh, you count down and I'll okay. hit it. Three, two, one. Totally off. Not really. What is going down, everybody? It's time for another episode of The Hype. It's good to be back in San Jose. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to go over the Transcendent Party, which we were uh, lucky enough to attend. We're also going to talk about, got to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about a little A-Rod. We're also going to talk about Nick Foles. I've got a little segment called Doug's Notes, which I think you guys will appreciate, which will lead us into Q&A. So if you pick anything out of my notes you'd like to further discuss, we will talk about it at the end of the show. This is episode number 30, paying homage to Nolan Ryan. Dan, what's going on? How you doing? What's going on? I'm glad I'm uh, back in the Bay and not in cold Lana. Cold Lana. Cold Lana. No, no doubt. No doubt. Cold TL. Yep. So cold. So cold. It was, man. I don't know where they get that hot crap from because it was nothing. I think nothing I got to check out Atlanta in the summertime. I because I, uh, wintertime it's cold. That that was that was it was like negative seven wind chill. Like we're we're from California. That uh, obviously that's, that's not that ain't cool. I'm not used to that. I can't I can't get accustomed to that in that quick of a span of time. So um, yeah, yeah was... but there was a there was a little bit of snow, and uh, we did learn that if there's about a quarter inch of ice or snow in Atlanta. The city shuts down. Yeah, I actually have an image coming up after the Transcendent Party about the uh, about some funny. Oh, okay. Stuff, yeah, but, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I think but, where's that blue bar at? Did it, not, did it get lost in the mix there? We're out of the blue bar. Actually, the last time we were doing a show was in Atlanta. It was around a campfire. It was. Wasn't kind of. It kind of looked like it. Kumbaya. Um, I'm gonna keep it PG this time. I basically dropped all my f bombs, my allocated f bombs. For the show, I dropped them all <laughs> last week. To the point where we have to have a swear jar for Dan now. I mean, allocated. it's... Allocated. I've allocated F-bombs, and yeah. they, they're gone. I yeah. used them all up. you got to buy some uh, some stuff to combo it up with. Pretty much. I want to talk to you guys about Super Bowl squares. We're running Super Bowl square promos with breaks. Go on mojobreak.com. We have uh, certain breaks that have SB attached to it. That'll get you entered in to win a square. Don't ask me how square work, squares work unless you have like an hour, but there is a little how-to on the website on how the square game works. Most of you guys that play Super Bowl squares with your friends, same format. So instead what we're doing is you buy into certain breaks. Not only do you get a chance at getting that one-on-one shield, but you also have a chance to get into 
a uh, Super Bowl square contest where you could win a $2,500 gift card. And that's a shopping spree. That is a straight shopping spree. So you could buy all kinds of breaks, all kinds of personal boxes if you wish with that. So you're going to be watching the game anyway. Why not have something to root for? You know, you want that 9-9, you know, at the end of the game so you can get entered in to win that $2,500 gift card. We also have Chronicles NBA that released today. We've got random teams of that. That's the new 17-18 rookie class. You can get in a random at 50 bucks. That's 30 hits plus lots of parallels in that one. And then we have limited NFL. See, Radways, you're going to have to bring up on Panini's website. Show a little bit of preview. I wanted to show you guys this limited NFL. Looks pretty amazing. And we're going to go ahead and bring up the gallery. You can see that on PaniniAmerica.net's website. So uh, looks like a lot of nice RPAs, a lot of on-card stuff. They got creative with some of their names. Limited's always been a staple. And I think if I remember correctly, Limited 2012 was one of our favorite products, correct? Dope. I love, love it. I loved last year's Limited. Yep. I want to marry it. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... Uh, uh, on-card on RPAs. Look at that. On-card RPA. And I think Ooh. there's one RPA per box. For limited NFL, so you know, got I don't the, know, I don't know where they got the K and P Ryan, but whatever. Let <laughs> <laughs> me check these out. Still yeah, high. but they have some nice triples, duels, uh, dual NFL Shield autos, and it's a it's it's one of those mid range price points where you can get in. It's really you know you're not you're not getting in for a whole lot. You got a chance at hitting like you know some of these awesome cards. And if you're listening on the podcast, you can watch on YouTube or just go to pa uh, Panini America. And look at the previews of some of these uh, limited cards. Always a staple brand of Panini's football products. So uh, always a fun release. So be sure to check that out. We've got randoms. We also have two randoms on Friday for limited football that get you into the Super Bowl square contest. So um, that's is that your bobblehead? That's uh, Clay Thompson. That looks like you, doesn't it? It's rocking the Clay Thompson bobblehead here on camera. Nah, that's or a, uh, plush, that's, plush doll, not a bobblehead. That's Conrad. Oh, that's, that's Conrad. That's Conrad's uh, that's his, his bobblehead right there. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, so I wanted to get into the transcendent party that we attended last Tuesday night in Atlanta, cold Atlanta, Georgia. That we were cold Atlanta, cold Atlanta. So if you uh, haven't heard of this, uh, they had invitations in the transcendent case. Uh, we did one case. We were able to purchase it one invitation for thirty five hundred dollars, and we purchased another invitation for thirty five hundred dollars, and uh, we got to go and uh, listen to Hank Aaron talk, which uh, it was phenomenal. I didn't think. The stories, I didn't really realize being a dum-dum, like the legacy, the legend, the stories that this guy has, and the way he was able to articulate the stories were phenomenal. Um, I really wish I could have spent a couple more hours just asking him questions as a you know a baseball historian myself and just listen about pitching matchups and things like that. It was it was phenomenal, and, and Hank Aaron um, you know, did a good job. What did you think about the Hank Aaron sit-down portion of the event, Dan? Comparing it to... Last year when we had the Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant was was good. He uh, he didn't have a Q and A, but he went from table to table and kind of had a quick discussion with everybody. It was more like a "Hey, how you doing? I'm Chris Bryant. Yeah, hope you guys are having a good time." Type of deal. But he went. Right. It was like if you if you go to a wedding and the wedding party actually comes up to your table and and you say congratulations. It was pretty much exactly like that. That's a good way to put it. So Chris Bryant was he was he was the the groom. Just going around, going around each table, slapping backs, kissing babies. It was funny. He actually just got married like a week before that, too. Yeah, so so, he's so, used to it. so we had like a pretty good walkthrough. His, yeah. his marriage was the walkthrough for the transcendent party. It was the uh, the dress rehearsal. Except, you know, I don't I, he probably didn't have a whole lot of fat, sweaty white guys at his um, wedding compared to the transcendent event. But uh, oh, man, and there was I probably a few more women Speak for yourself. It was I am. It was it was <laughs> come on, I, man. I am speaking for myself. 
So, but yeah, no, Chris Bryant was phenomenal. <laughs> but the stories that Hank Aaron has at 83, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was, had, it was he pretty had some phenomenal. Good, he had some good stories. Um, I like how, and I think we talked about it on, I, I think we talked about it on the last podcast. <laughs> It's a little blurry. Not a hundred percent sure what we went over. Actually, did not even get a chance to listen to it back, so uh, I have no idea. But it's a good listen, guys. It's a good. To it. Is it a good listen? See, oof, oof, <laughs> um, I think that show was brought to you by Kettle One Vodka. I think it was, <laughs> at least for me and you. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? I was saying uh, what he. What was what was I? I was I was. You're talking about you were talking about how um, Hank Aaron compared to Chris Bryant, but um, I think we're kind of about to go into some of the stories that uh, Hank Aaron was talking about. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I was getting back back to the uh, the money thing. He kept on bringing up money in his day and in today's players, and he and he kept on saying how he doesn't fault the players. The players should make as much money as he as they, as they do now and today, and how much they made in his day. Kept on saying he wasn't bitter, but he wouldn't bring it. Who would bring it up that much if they were not bitter about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he, but he still. I mean, he does well. I think he's on the the Braves payroll. Um, he has a, a Hank Aaron Award event. I'm sure that's yeah, not he, free. He gets paid for that. Um, but, but I mean, but let's face it. I mean, you, you know, related to us, if they're you know 30 years from now, group breakers are making you know ridiculous amounts of money. I'm probably going to be like that old, the old get off my lawn like he was. I mean, yeah. and that relates to any job, right? If you're a doctor and you're made pennies in the 20s and now these guys are making millions of dollars you might be a little bitter because you're like i worked my ass off and i you know barely had one car and now but you guys a, have four but cars. it was also a different time it was ba- baseball wasn't back in like the 50s and 60s was not generating the revenue it does yeah. today so there wasn't like big tv contracts for each team uh merchandising all that stuff just really wasn't part of it so it was a just a completely different game yeah, and he tried to relate it to, and we have the full audio on the last podcast after you listen to uh, some drunk assholes talk about some stuff for about an hour and a half. You fast forward to the end, there's actually some Hank Aaron um, audio, which uh, was recorded from my phone, so it might not be the best audio. But uh, you can listen to what he what he talked about, and um, he, he related it to he never struck out more than 100 times in a, in a season. I was going to say career, that would be phenomenal. A hundred times in a season. So he's trying to say, like, these guys strike out 200, 300 times now. And he's like, they don't have as much motivation. He said he would strike out. He'd go, you know, strike out three times in a game. And he would go home and he would literally, like, learn, you know, and study and try to get better, hold the bat differently. And he's like, these guys don't have any incentive to do that anymore because they go home and they have a Lamborghini and they have $200 million. So even if their team goes 62 and 100, they can go party with the ladies and not really worry about it as much well, in today, as it used to In be. today's game, how, as a, as a professional hitter, how do you get paid? How are you going to get that big contract? You're going to get a guy who, hits, who gets 200 hits in a season, really good, really good. Is he going to get paid just as much as a guy who hits 50 home runs no. when they're free agents? No. Not at all. No. But you even can fast forward to the guys that are getting $6 million signing bonuses out of high school. They could just be like, YOLO, I'm done. I'm done. I only wanted was six million. I live in, I live in a place where my house is forty thousand dollars, and I got six million dollars. I can retire. I don't even have to play baseball now. So you have that motivation talk, coming, out talking, of, uh, coming out of high school. What, what's his name? Uh, the guy who just, uh, just made a comeback. Uh, my uh, Bush. Uh, oh man, he was. A I first. know who you're talking about, but he, yeah, he, anybody he, in the chat knows what we're up, talking he, about here. I want to say, my, was it was it Michael Bush? Could have been. 
He was drafted by the Padres. He ended up with the Rangers in their postseason, not last year, but the year before. And uh, he he was first overall pick. Actually went down in history before he made a comeback with the with the Rangers. Went back in history. He's like the worst first overall pick right. ever. Big, biggest bust. Yeah. Um, went to the Rays. Was in and out of rehab. Um, and he and that was that was the same mentality with him. He got signed, got a huge signing bonus, and was like, "Where's my motivation to perform?" Right. I'm a I'm a 19 year old kid. And I got like 12 million dollars. Like, what do you what do you want me to do? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard. Matt to, it's, Matt Bush. There we go. Matt Bush. Matt Bush. Right. I mean, a lot of people are playing for I money knew, and they get I knew the money. It started with an M. Some people aren't about those accomplishments, so the rings and stuff like that, and stats. They're 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 there to make money, and I you know you can appreciate that, but. Uh, some of the giveaway uh, goodies that were given away at the Transcendent Party. So if you're thinking about going next year, it seems to be pretty fruitful. So if you're thinking about it, even though I shouldn't be talking about this because the price is probably going to go up next year, I guess it depends on who they have. But they gave away these packs that all had one of ones in them. They were seven packs in each one of our backpacks. The backpack was really nice. It was a uh, new era backpack with a hat clip on it, and it had tops embroidered on it. That was really nice. That's where all the goodies were. Um, everybody got a, uh, a wristband in correspondence with what case you had, and there was 87 cases, and then they were calling out random prizes for that. But that, that part of it was kind of like deal or no deal because there was, there was, there was like $5,000 prices, like the $5,000 prices, like the Chris Bryant Transcendent set was still there from last year, and they had some uh, Saito signed balls that were going for a lot, and then they had two archives postseason boxes. Ooh. So you're sitting there, and they announce it, and you know you haven't got your prize yet. Everybody gets at least one prize. No whammy. And you're like, no, not me, not me. And then you're like, they, they announce a number that's not you. And you're like, yes. You know, you're like, <laughs> and, and I actually, I was like, I want a Bryce Harper transcendent auto. And I kind of was like, did I want that or did I not? I don't know how to react. I guess I'm happy I got a Bryce Harper auto. Um, I know that sounds totally entitled there, there but you're, you're there, like, was a, there was bigger ho- prizes on the horizon. So I didn't want to be, I didn't the way, be called. The way they do it kind of sets, sets it up for that, though. Um, they have all the prizes out there on the table, and they're literally picking numbers out of out of a bag. So you had a lot of like a lot of fist pumps, like two archives boxes, and you would literally hear the whole room go, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was it was weird. It, it was, but it's fun, and that's. It, I I think Tops knew going into that they knew there was they know there's prizes that are definitely worth more than others and. I think that kind of uh, added to the experience. And the next picture I have here kind of shows a picture of the swag bag. Somebody's actually selling the swag bag on eBay. So there's that backpack I was telling you about. Transcendent hat, um, which I would be wearing right now if I didn't have a ginormous head that I can't wear a, um, you know, a hat that's not fitted. So uh, it's actually in the shop right now. Maybe be a giveaway at some point. You had the Aaron Judge set, and then you had like just random cards. There was a Corey Seager card. Um, here's some of the pictures of uh, the cards from the Aaron Judge set. Man, that guy's got some nice pants. I was gonna um, say, Aaron I'm Judge like, set lots, there. Some good. some some good good sweats right there. Good Nike sweats there. The, the tech fleeces. Uh, Aaron Judge number to eighty seven, and it's there's eighty seven different cards number to eighty seven uh, going through. That's them. what happens when you have a thirteen hour delay in a Atlanta airport. Yep. Yep. So you, the, get, you get Aaron Judge cards up on eBay. You get them on eBay. <laughs> Spent like 10 hours on 87 cards. Uh, help pay for the event. And uh, then there is the table uh, at the event of all the other prizes. And uh, there was, like I said, there was some Saito signed balls. There was a box of Definitive. There was um, 8x10s. It was just like random there stuff. Was a, there was a Carlos Correa draft auto. Chris Bryant draft Chris auto. Chris Bryant draft auto. 
those sign there's a few Ma- sign balls that the artist balls maybe a miguel sano draft auto something like that yeah um the prize the table prizes last year i would say were better than this year um and then they gave away a ginter somebody got a ginter card which i believe is one of the five or six employees from steel city that were there uh one of those guys gets a ginter card and that was the last prize they put everybody's name back in and they gave away that so that gentleman will have a ginter card next year that we'll all be bummed when we pull his autograph and that that was a they actually did that as a bonus this year last year that was actually one of the that was one of the door prizes yes yeah that was one of the door prizes that's the one i would have wanted i know that's, that's the one, one i wanted too i was like damn it and um yeah i got some 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 more pictures of the event um well i got a little uh, classic hank aaron willie mays photo you know from when the, the good old heyday there's there's a picture of the set sealed um and there's a one-on-one patch card in the set and it could be for many of the years. And it's a game-used patch where I actually hit a home run. Um, it, it was worn for two games. So those ones that are on eBay, I think ours sold for like 250 Somebody got a heck of a deal on it. But uh, they're, they're numbered one-on-one, and there's a game-used prime patch. Um, but the, there was a little bit of controversy surrounding some of the cards that come from the event. If you go past this Hank Aaron slide, there was uh, multiple stamped one-on-ones. Um, as you can see here, both those Ben attendees are identical, and they're both stamped one-on-one. We got I got a Frank Thomas auto finest and it was stamped to one of one. So Tops actually came out. They sent an email out with the correct um, uh, print run on those cards. So they messed up. So somebody basically was supposed to stamp them one of two or one of three or one of four. But they just they love the one of one stamp. They just they 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 had their their time with the one of one stamp. They're like, everything's a one of one, even if it's identical. So um I guess I give them a pass because it's, it's, it's an event thing, but it, it's kind of a big mistake. I mean, there was some big cards that did come out. There was some Judge Autos, some Trout Autos. Luckily, some of the better ones were actually one-on-ones, but I think there's like 13 of one that were actually stamped one-on-ones, but there's 13 of them. So it might be confusing down the line, but it does have the Transcendent stamp on it. So just mind you, if you're buying these later on, it's Transcendent stamp. It may not actually truly be a one-of-one. One. So I'll try to post the... Um, I'm, I'm sure Ryan from Sports Guide Radio has the post up because he probably got the email too, but try to post the actual print ratio up somewhere so that we have it as a history. Yeah, the funky thing is, I and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think those came out of Ryan's pack, so he got two Ben Attendees. Yeah. Um, I also got two uh, Kenta Maeda's yeah. that are stamped 101. So it's weird. Like It seems like they didn't shuffle the packs enough <laughs> after like – after like actually sealing the packs because it's same, and I think you got two of the same. I got uh, the Frank Thomas. You got two. two you got two Frank. Two Thomases. Frank Thomas. So you got two Frank Thomases. I got two Maedas, and uh, Ryan got two Ben Attendees. Yeah, and they were in the same. Backpack. And they were in the same so they, backpack. They, they, like they, they literally made them and put seven in a backpack. Made them and put seven yeah. in a backpack. They yeah. weren't even like sorting those around. But like I said, it, it, they were free stuff for the party. I mean, I it sucks. It's it was a bad mistake, but. Um, we just got to keep in mind if you buy as consumers that, that those aren't truly one on ones, um, or they could have maybe put some like parallel, like some color on it to make it a different. I don't know. It does suck, but um, so yeah, that was the event. It was a fun event. I would say at our buy-in, we did really well. Um, you know, if it's around that cost next year and you're able to book your flight, they cover your hotel room, so you you don't have to do that. Um, you you you'll make out in the fact of the stuff that you get and whoever they have next year is probably going to be the caliber of a Hank Aaron or a Chris Bryant. So you get to do photo ops with that. I think we get a tops now card. that's going to come in the mail with Hank Aaron. So it was, it was cool. It was definitely, you know, done well. Um, I wanted to ask you, what did you think? The real question was, what did you think of the food? I actually, 
when when you say we did well, I'm gonna say we broke even. We probably broke even. Um, based on the fact that we missed one flight, mm-hmm. and then we had to book another flight at sixteen hundred dollars to get home. So we basically broke even. I guess that's our fault. We could have got to the airport uh, seven hours ahead of time to get through the TSA line, but you know, we just didn't know. Yeah. So you're talking about the food. You yeah, want, you want to talk you, about the food? Let's talk about the food. Talking, talking sports cars, now we're talking food? Why not? Some people are probably about to eat dinner. They want to hear about food. All right. Um, the food last year was better. Yes. Uh, it was like a – I think you only had two options. I think it was like a fish or steak. Yeah. And uh, it, the steak was phenomenal. It was like a filet mignon. Um, I, I, I liked it a lot better. This year I had uh, the pecan pork loin. And uh, it was good, but it was not as good as the previous year. Yeah. Um. What about you? You had the you had, had the, the fried chicken. You, you know. Had, you had the fried chicken. Um. Yeah. You know. It was. It filled me up. It, 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 it did it. You know. All right. Was it KFC good? It wasn't transcendent party good. It was. It was more like a uh, five star. Five star good. Five star good. But it was the. But it was better but, than like a series one good. It was better than Kentucky Fried Chicken. It was. It was. It was. It was like uh, even yeah. even the extra crispy. You know, I, I really had high expectations for chicken in Atlanta. Um, and, you know, the place across the street was better that we had the, the night The place before. across the street was really good. It was legitimate. I think it was Patty Pat's or something or yeah. something like that. I mean, I had I'm a, probably butchering it, but it was it was a nice little I had a, place right across from the west. See, there I had a steak. That was good. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty good. That was good stuff. It was a prime rib, wasn't it? Whatever. Prime but, rib, uh, steak. It was We were talking was about meat. our... It was red meat. Yeah, red meat's good. <laughs> uh, we were talking about our, our trip. And, and once again, if you're, watching, if you're listening to the podcast, you can't watch a podcast. But uh, if you're listening to the podcast, you're not going to get this picture. But uh, this is I think this might be actually from the day. And I was looking for myself. So this is an image. That's a TSA line. Now, you're looking you're probably looking at the picture like we looked at it when we were there live and going, how is that a line? There was just lines literally all over the Atlanta airport because 75% of their employees didn't show up to work because there was ice on the road and nobody wanted to drive in ice, which I get, you know, I understand you want to stay safe, but all the people that traveled made it to the airport somehow. So there was some people that were still driving. So literally they would normally have four to six TSA lines. They had one and uh, their TSA lines weren't very fast anyway. So it was three to four hour wait. We had to book another $1,100 flight. That got delayed. Uh, we were on um, we were on the tarmac getting ready to to take off, and they had a uh, and they had a uh, a mechanical failure on the plane we were on that they had to push it back an hour and a half. Then they needed gas. Then they deplaned us. It was madness. So I I, I hard pass on going to Atlanta ever again. Yeah, um, it, I'm gonna go down saying it was a fluke. This picture that you have here is not serving. It's the, worse. It's yeah. not. It's not serving the chaos. It's not justifying it, because it was. This is like just one steel picture. There was actually lines all around the whole airport, with uh, going into other lines. Like people were getting in lines to get into other lines. They, like nobody had any idea where to go, and they probably had, I would say, less than a quarter of their regular staff. And there was people who were jumping in and started doing TSA that didn't even that was even their job. Right. They Same were thing like, with people they, that were taking bags. Yeah, they were like learning they were like learning this new job on the fly. Um, it was absolute chaos. Um, there was about five or six uh, 
like news channels there. Yeah, they're like, ha, look at these assholes. Um, <laughs> like there was, it was just absolute chaos. I actually was convinced that I now live in Atlanta. Yeah, I can't get home. We might have, yeah, we might have been. There's a there. there's a movie with Tom Hanks where he is like trapped in an airport. Uh, and it's like, it has to do with like documentation and stuff like that. But he literally like lives in the airport until they figure it out. We were living that movie. We were, we were, I mean, and there was people like, there was also, there was also people there. There was like a lot of sadness. There was a lot of tears. There was a lot of screaming. There was a lot of people sleeping. There was a lot of people who, this is where they live now. They moved into the Atlanta airport and, uh, and you could see right there by those little bushes and stuff like that. They had little campgrounds set up there. You couldn't find a seat either. We had to go to the wheelchair area to go ahead and do some work. Um, but, you know, enough about complaining about the airport. I did find this, uh, in, in other news and in, in funny airport news. So British Airways um, charges like $90 per, per luggage, right, to get out on British Airways, right? This guy, who is my hero, wore all of his clothes to get on the plane so he could avoid the baggage fee. So he got through TSA, but yes. then British Airways kicked him off the plane for wearing all of his clothes because they're like, that's $90. <laughs> so then he, bit a, he did a big Twitter thing. It's all over Twitter. You can do British Airways guys with all clothes. You guys probably already heard the story. So then he got on another plane. He booked another flight because he got a refund for the British Airways one. And they kicked him off the plane because they felt like he was a risk because he had already gotten kicked off the British Airways. So he was just, he had a bad day, but Genius! Wear all your clothes. And then I'm thinking, how did he wear his? How many underwears did he wear? Did he not wear any underwear? Did he only wear? Did he? He stack those up too. You know what I'm saying? In the socks. Because I mean, yeah, you could wear seven or eight shirts, but where do you put the underwear at? How do you get pants on top of pants? I don't know. That's that's a good question. Genius, genius, right here, my hero. I want to try that next time. You got that from friends. Yeah, yeah. I think it's been yeah. Joey, <laughs> Joey did that as well. All right. So this is rant number one. Rant number one. A Rod. Um. You guys heard the news on A-Rod, right? Uh, he just signed with uh, ESPN, right? Yeah. He is uh, got the all the pr- most primetime games on Sunday Night Baseball as the lead announcer. Um, I don't, I don't he's have... The, he's the next best announcer since Tony Romo. He may be. <laughs> but this is my problem with baseball. And you guys that are like, oh, God, here comes the Bonds ran again. This guy was suspended for 162 games for steroids not too long ago. And now he is the voice of baseball. Like, he's the voice of baseball now. Like, everybody watches baseball. Sunday Night Baseball is the, high, the, the most televised, most watched event. And this guy did worse than Bonds. Can you imagine? So what did he do? play devil's advocate. Could you imagine Bonds doing a play-by-play or being a color guy? He'd be like, guy would strike out and be like, that guy sucks. <laughs> or he'd, guy would hit, get a base. He's like, man, he's like. Guy would strike somebody. I'd be like, I could have hit that. He's like, these guys, these guys shouldn't be playing. Well, Bonds cannot be an announcer. Don't get me wrong. But I'm just, the point I'm trying to prove here is that if you're voting for the Hall of Fame and you won't accept Bonds into the Hall of Fame because of his clouded past, what makes it okay that this gentleman is is the voice of baseball? A-Rod's good. He's, He's good at what he does, though. Regardless of his past, he's good. He's, I, he, he got, and... He's recognizable. Is it because of J Lo? Did J Lo make it okay? Okay, that. Well, which go I mean, to the next picture. I just found this out. Isn't this kind of the? the ah. <laughs> Was the gleam in her eye back then? 
Cause that's that's her baby daddy right there. She's like, I'm gonna be with this motherfucker at some I, point. I actually, uh, I'm thinking of the movie. If you're listening I'm, to the podcast, there's a picture of Mark Anthony and J Lo. I'm thinking of A-Rod. the uh, the scene in Office Space, but just reversed. Like J Lo, what would you do with a million dollars? I do two dudes at the same time. A <laughs> Rod, A Rod, and Mark Anthony. <laughs> Probably happened. Probably happened. Um, but it's just crazy, and I, I'm not hating A Rod. I'm not hating A Rod. I think A Rod does a phenomenal job, like you said, like Tony Romo, who's my new man crush, at announcing. He does a great job. He has good insights, smart guy. But I'm just saying, is is A Rod a better ass kisser than Barry Bonds? Is that what it is? Is that what it breaks down to? Because people, that I think, m- I think he's more likable. He's more likable. I think he's absolutely more likable than Barry Bonds. It, it, and, and then you're going to probably go, well, why? I don't know. I don't know. No, I mean, does he, I mean, I'm like, I want to know these conversations. Does he come in and be like, you know, he's doing an interview. He's like, hey, hey, Hank, you know, I love the hair. You know, I love the, I love the, I love what you guys are doing here. Like he must, he just must be like the nicest guy in person ever. Because nobody remembers the fact that he got suspended for steroids. I think people, twice. Re- people remember, but didn't he come out and say, didn't he come out and admit what he did was wrong? And didn't he apologize? And he had a press conference about it? He did. So there you go. I, I still say if Bonds would have came out and, and instead of going through a whole like the, the the whole like, dude, wasn't there a prosecution with Barry Bonds about perjury? Yeah. That taxpayers had to pay for. And, and his and his homie stayed in jail the whole time and refused to say anything. So there's that that played out. Yeah. Bonds could have came out and stopped everything and went like, you know what? I took steroids. My bad. I did it. Everybody else was doing it. I was just trying to level the playing field. And the perception of Barry Bonds would be completely different, and he would be in the Hall of Fame. But A-Rod came out and said, I'm sorry. He, he was like, what I did was wrong. I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. So if Bonds, bon- Bonds, Bonds would have Bonds said sorry. Still, Bonds still to this day is like, I didn't do steroids. Right. Well, what if it's like, you know, I know we're, I know even as Bonds fans, we, we were doubting that fact that he's telling the truth there. But what if it is? Isn't it innocent till proven guilty? <laughs> there, it's because he was a dick, right? Because people didn't like him. So it breaks down to that more people liked A-Rod or like A-Rod now than they like Bonds. Yes. That's what, that's what it is. Well, that, that and I think Bonds coming out and saying sorry would have changed the perception of him. Not, not, to, not to like the A-Rod degree. Because I think A Rod is definitely more personable than Barry Bonds, but there it's just being baseball is just being a hundred percent hypocritical by having A Rod be the voice of baseball. It's a hundred. So if we're gonna do the Hall of Character and not get you in the Hall of Fame based on your stats, if it's not about stats, it's about character, then why is A Rod the you, voice of baseball? And so, and I, I you, love I like A Rod. I don't I don't like A Rod. I'm just saying. I'm looking. I'm trying to take. I mean, you trying to take ha- the point of you view. You'd have a hell of an argument here if if. Say in the next like ten years, McGuire gets in, Sosa gets in, Palmero gets in, like all the steroid users get it, and they leave Bonds out. Then you would have a hell of an argument. Well, dude, you've already got Bagwell in there. You've already got yeah, Piazza but you're in there. but but you're you're saying that Piazza and Bagwell took steroids. They were they were never linked to steroids. They, they now, were named now, in Jose's book. But Ivan Ivan Rodriguez was named in the book, and he and he's a Hall of Famer. Right. Um, I don't think Bagwell and I don't think Piazza were named in that book. Maybe. And 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 then we can't we can't be taking Jose Canseco's word for anything, right? Well, yeah. they got like I mean, yeah, he started this whole mess, really. 
But I'm just saying, and is A-Rod being the voice of baseball? We can look at it this way. Is that the next step to get these guys in the Hall of Fame? Because Jose Canseco is a whistleblower, is it Jose Canseco's fault that Bonds isn't in the Hall of Fame? Could be. You could put, if, it, on, if, you could put it on Jose Ju- Canseco. If Juice never came out. <laughs> hey, I was trying to be less Homer. <laughs> I was trying to be less Homer. but Because I do think A-Rod does a good job. Um, but to move up that quickly, what is it about A-Rod? You know, I mean, and, and the fact that he has a clouded past, you think they would wait to give him that kind of a steam job. He pretty much stopped playing baseball. He was right up on MLB Network with Big Poppy and all these guys. You know, they're just, you know, doing the thing. Now he's on Fox and ESPN. So everybody loves A-Rod in the broadcasting game, in the in the media game. Everybody loves him. But, it, I, it, but, if, but if he, he was with J-Lo, if he wasn't with J-Lo, would that, would she, that affect it? Dude, he's good. He's good, though. Would you rather listen to to A Rod or Joe Buck? So Barry Bonds wasn't good at baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Saying, this is Barry Bonds rant number five thousand. But it's a good. Uh, it's, a, it's a good thing you don't get a vote for the Hall of Fame. I, I know. <laughs> You're all. How many times could I put Barry on? It's just just a. It's Barry and like and Busta seventy seventy two point font. I asked Hank. <laughs> I was the one that if you listen to our show at the end. I stood up when there was a Q and A, and I asked, and I tried to, I tried to put it delicately because I, my heart was beating. I'm asking an 83 year old legend about another player, and I asked him, I, because I, I incorporated it into his uh, the swing, because they were talking about swings, they were talking about Aaron Judge's swing, they were talking about Stanton's swing. So I, I, I was the second one. I, I, I'm going to ask a question, and my question was, um, what do you think about Barry Bonds' swing, and what do you think about Barry Bonds being in the Hall of Fame? Directly to Hank Aaron. Um, he avoided the Hall of Fame question. He actually uh, talked about Bonds' swing got better when he got stronger in a way. So I think in a, in, in a way he was – how I took it, listening to it later, he was, he was saying that it got better when he took steroids. In a way, that's how I took it. I don't know if he's saying it that way. But you could, you could listen to it on our last podcast at the end um, of the podcast during the Hank Aaron thing. So I, I asked him, um, and uh, he said, as far as the Hall of Fame, he said, time will work itself out, but as far as my opinion, I don't have one on it. So, I and mean, he, he was, he he was towing the company line. And he also said he doesn't have a vote, which I actually thought everybody who was in the Hall of Fame, I thought they get a vote. No, it's writers. I, yeah, but I, th- I thought there was... So, does when Joe Morgan came out and said that Bonds shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame, which kind of blows my mind because when Bonds was with the Giants, Morgan was actually being employed by the Giants to call games. Yeah. So obviously, Barry Bonds and Joe Morgan did weren't buds. Right. They they obviously had had some beef. And together. rightfully so. He had his own couch. He had his own area in the locker room. It was a. It was a. And somebody in the chat saying he is uh, he he wasn't signed autographs. I've I've heard multiple stories of him saying no on autographs to kids and stuff like that. Not a great guy. But, it was, it, but his it, stats don't lie. It was a recliner. I don't think it was a. <laughs> it was a recliner though. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't a couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tall tale that got bigger as it went along. Um, reason Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame to replace Morgan. Hey, yeah, I mean, any way possible, you know, is is good for me. Let's move on to uh, let's talk some Super Bowl, guys. I mean, I know it's a topic of everybody's conversation. Uh, it was <clears throat> it was a crazy week where I thought the Jags had a chance, um, but the moment the Jags had and and other news outlets have talked about it, but I wrote it in my phone when it happened so that I could remember to talk about it. When the Jags got the ball with 52 seconds left before halftime, and they had a seven-point lead, 52 seconds left and two timeouts, 
and they chose to kneel the ball and go into half. Weren't they at like the? Weren't they at like their own thirty or? 40? It, was, it was a twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Because I could see like because I, I sat there and thought about it. After you brought that up, I'm all good point. Um, and I'm like, where were they on the field? And then I think they were at the twenty-five or thirty-five, their own twenty-five or thirty-five. I don't see them kneeling it down at that point. If they were at their own five, right? And you know they can get a safety or a fumble turns into a touchdown instantly. Or something like that, I can see kneeling it down if you had terrible field position. But they were. I think it was, if they, I remember correctly, it was about, a touchback, I think. They were about. It was a touchback. They're about 50 yards away from being in field goal range. And if you want to play it safe, Leonard Fournette hasn't had many fumbles this year. You run the ball three times with Fournette. Maybe if he gets a first down, then maybe you change your game plan. But if he gets stopped three times and you use your timeouts. Why that's do, it. You punt why, it, maybe. I don't. You know why? Why concede to why the do, Titan, the greatest team of all time, and the Patriots with Belichick and Brady? You need as many points as you can get because you know that second halftime adjustment is going to come get you. Why do teams, when they're playing the Patriots and have a lead, pump the brakes and play conservative? Why? Why is that? I don't know. Why don't they just keep on doing what they were doing that was working, and basically just get them while they're down? Right. And it's not like the offense of the Jaguars was killing it to the fact where they're like, we're fine going in the second half. We don't need any points. The whole question about the Jaguars was their offense. So you just took the entire confidence out of Blake Bortles and said, we don't think you can get us a first down. And we, we actually are scared that you might throw a pick six. So we're just going to we're going to kneel down and we're going to be happy with our seven point lead and, and hope for the best in the second half. Well, the, the best was you guys just got slaughtered in the second half. I think they game. were I think they were concerned. Brady just went down and had a drive of like a minute and a half, got a touchdown. I think they were scared that if they didn't kneel the ball down, the Patriots would could get the ball back and score more points and score another. But, that, touchdown. but you can't think that way. Right. I mean, you can't think that they've never been to a Super Bowl. The Jaguars, right? I don't think they have. No, I think that they, was the farthest they've ever gotten. No, no they've been they they had been to, I think actually they had been to one other AFC. I think they had been to right? two other AFC championship games. I think they went to two AFC championship games in their first three years in existence. Yeah, I think I think so. I could I could it could be only one, but I thought it was two. It was with Mark Burnell. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Vikings almost had a chance at a home game, and now you have uh, Minnesota hosting Boston and and the Philadelphia fans. None of us picked the picked the Vikings to make it, as did most media outlets. They didn't pick the Eagles to make it this far either. Yeah, they've been li- literally leaving, li- uh, going to that underdog story. I think Doug Doug ordered a uh, Nick Foles jersey. <laughs> he, he well, he all of a sudden just loves Nick Foles. Well, if you go to the Nick Foles, Nick Foles, you, the next we're going to talk about Nick Foles. I was just going over the stats because everybody rags on Nick Foles because Carson Wentz had such a great season, you know, amazing season, amazing second-year campaign. And the moment he went down, all of a sudden the Eagles are underdogs, right? But they're still the first seed. They still, you know, ran their team around defense, and they, they had some good role players on offense. Nick Foles, and I know this is in a small sample size, but in three games in the playoffs, Nick Foles has 116 quarterback rating. If you go on, you can Google it yourself. I know, once again, I know that's only three games, but if you go on all-time greatest postseason quarterback rating, he would have the best. I know it's only three games, but he would have the highest quarterback rating out of any quarterback that's played in three games or more. So, And his regular season quarterback rating is 87, which ranks higher than, than Mariota, Winston. I think it's close with Winston. The guy really isn't getting a lot of credit. Uh, and if you look at that, five, five touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
in three playoff games. He lost that one 24-26 against New Orleans, but he, he went 69% pat, uh, completion rating, 195 yards. Um, he threw 350 yards. So I, I wouldn't count this guy out of the game. Um, this guy can make plays. He seems like he's not afraid to make plays. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I don't think this is going to be just an easy road to a sixth Super Bowl for Tom Brady, honestly. I, and and uh, the, 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 which also begs the question, do you buy Nick Foles right now? Because he wins it. Who knows? Contenders could be ten times the amount of them. So I want to see what you guys think about Nick Foles. What do you guys think about Nick Foles? Does he have a shot against Brady? And what is your take, Dan? Well, we'll start okay, with okay. you guys. Uh, well, well, here. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'm going to do my stone-cold lock. I was talking to Doug. I see a, I see a repeat similar to last year. Um, I'm actually going to I'm going to bet on the Super Bowl. I'm going to bet on the first half and I'm going to take the Eagles on the money line. Yeah, I think the Eagles are going to have the lead going into half anywhere from seven to ten points. Yeah. I think the Patriots come out. Same thing they did essentially against the Fal- the, the Atlanta Falcons the previous year. They're going to make adjust- adjustments. They're going to end up winning the game by seven points. It's going to be it's going to be close. the uh, The Eagles are going to have a chance to 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 win the game, yep. but they're not. the uh, The Patriots will win. So I'm basically going to take the Patriots second half, okay, on the money line because at that point it's probably going to be better odds. The it's probably going to be somewhere in like the plus one thirty or one fifty if they're down. Yeah. Um. What's the What's the odds? Or what did they What did they set it at? I want I want I want to say no I I want to say they uh are the Patriots is it the Patriots minus seven and a half I'm looking right now for the full Super Bowl for this Damn, that's for a full lot thing for a Super Bowl did I just make that up completely that I I thought I overheard that's what it was gonna open up at uh the over under is at 48 I don't like that um that is a magical over under number. 48, 48, 45. New England's New 5. England 5. minus 5. 5.5. 5.5. Yeah. 5. 5. So t- what, wonder if did it ever open did it open up at seven and a half? It might have. I mean, you're gonna see it change. You know, Vegas has to keep up with uh, the percentages and the odds in order so they don't and lose too much, much money. How, much bet are co- how many bets are coming in on what side and they then they adjust it? Yeah, that's not bad. And then what, what we're showing on the screen for you guys listening to the podcast. Um, recent sales of Nick Foles cards, um, main ones, obviously when you're a football collector, contenders and national treasures are probably one and two, um, as far as what you want on the autos, RPA for national treasures, um, contenders, rookie ticket, uh, rookie. I said rookie three times there. Uh, looks like it sold for around a hundred dollars for a nine, five Foles out of 2012 and his RPA sold for about 444 out of national treasures. Is there room for growth? Keep in mind, Russell Wilson won his first Super Bowl, and his cards are like two to three thousand dollars. So, if he wins, what do you guys think? How much? How much room for growth could there be on these two cards? I think it'll be. I think an NT will be about a thousand dollars, and I think the uh, the contenders will be about three to four hundred bucks. On a side note, that RPA design, sick. Yeah, it's sexy. That's a nice. That's a good looking design. Gets so my, gets my nipples hard. So I would just. I would just buy it. There's some, there's some guys you can get cheap in that set. Yeah, well, you got RG3, Luck, Brandon Whedon. There's there some slub. Uh, Wilson's in there, too. 2012, make a little bit of comeback. We're doing some 2000. We're going to be doing some 2012 momentum coming up, guys. Really cheap breaks. Chance at Foles, Wilson, Luck, Betts, Legends. Look for that on the schedule soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting how this plays See, out. My, my next question for you guys is, 
And we talked about this off the air, but I want to get uh, – I'll start with C-Rad because I already kind of know what Dan said. If Foles – let's just say Foles wins the Super Bowl by a huge victory. Like, they win 35-14. to 14. What do the Eagles do next year <laughs> with Foles and Wentz? You got to start Carson Wentz, then. <laughs> you got to start. How Carson is that? He, is that is that a serious question? <laughs> What's wrong with Fulsa's stats? I just get, I just I, went over him. He's proven. You have a, you I have just a, can't find a scenario you have where a, they're gonna dump Wentz. You guys just hate his you, face. You, no, you have a franchise quarterback, the guy who got you there, the guy you basically are building your franchise around, and now you're like, hmm. Foles Nick, is the one. Nick Foles <laughs> is the one. We had him. We had him back in 2012. But let, let's. How many playoff games has Carson Wentz won? He he would have won two of them. He would have. How do you he know? Would've. How he do you know? How do you know he would have? If you're saying the Eagles are a better team with Nick Foles and Carson Wentz, you're high. You're high. I don't. I'm looking at stats. I look at stats because I, I like I said I looked at his face and I like you know I, I don't like Nick Foles, but I looked at his stats and I'm like his stats. He was on the Rams. Nick, Nick Foles and Carson Wentz look like the same dude. They kind of do. One's they, a little they, they pretty much look like the same. They're like built in the same plant. They're like, here you go. Here's a quarterback for the Eagles. What if uh, it's the same? They're the same. Same dude. He has a career. It, it's like saying, see, I like bringing up the, the, the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a way more intriguing conversation. I, there's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that Nick Foles, if he wins a Super Bowl, he will end up – why wouldn't you trade him? You can probably get maybe a late first-rounder or a second-round pick for him. Why wouldn't you do that? I think the Eagles do that. It's if, a, if he is under contract and not a free agent next year, that's what you do. Wentz is your quarterback of the future. There's no, no doubt about that. The Vikings, what do you do if, if you're the Vikings and you have Teddy Bridgewater, who's a free agent, Sam Bradford, who's a free agent, Case Keenum, who's a free agent, what do you do if you're the Vikings? Who do you who do you keep? Battle Royale. You just whoever lasts. Who do you I on. mean, you you look at Teddy Bridgewater and you would love to make him your franchise quarterback, but he's injury prone. You don't know if he's gonna come back and be the same quarterback he was before he got hurt. Sam Bradford, injury prone. Do you really want to give Case Keenum fifteen million dollars a year to be your franchise quarterback? No. So what do you do? Do the Vikings? But do, I, do, but but we we clear, do, we clearly know that Case Keenum didn't win a Super Bowl. Do the, do the Vikings? Uh, there's a chance that Foles can win the Super Bowl. Do the Vikings not sign any of those guys and make an offer for Kirk Cousins? That's true. I don't know. I I think I think trying to say that I I mean are you not not just trying to make an argument? Do you seriously think that Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl? And next year in training camp, they're like, Nick Foles, you're our quarterback. It all depends on that game. Do you, do, do you really think that they're going to be like, Nick Foles, we're rolling you. Carson Carson, Carson Daly, you're, <laughs> you're, you're backup. I, you know, I know it's the un- unpopular opinion, but if he wins a Super Bowl. Yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard. If he wins a Super Bowl, it's to be super so, awkward so when, for the Eagles so to be when, like, uh, starting wins. Sorry, so when, when, uh, when Doug, <laughs> was, it, was it Doug Williams? Yeah. When he, or, or Jeff Hostetler. Went to Hostet- he, I don't think there's an L in there. Hostetter, 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 whatever. The the <laughs> former Raiders, great quarterback. Um, when he took over for Phil Sims and he went to the Super Bowl, and they won, they beat the Bills, right? Was he he quarterback next year? 
He wasn't. I wasn't really he wasn't. old it, enough. It was it was Phil Sims and Phil Sims on the Redskins. Phil Sims on the Giants. Doug Williams won for the Redskins. No, but I I I actually started talking about Doug Williams and then I just went straight to oh, the okay, Giants because okay. it, it was a better <laughs> argument. Okay, Doug, Doug Williams. Who is the quarterback for Mark Rippon? Mark Rippon. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Doug Williams didn't start the the following year. It's a good question. We could pull up the football I think, reference. I think Mark Rippon was the. I think he. This was may the, be a bad argument. This may be a bad argument because he was drafted at round eight. But Trent Green for the Rams was known as a savior. Got hurt. They had a guy come from the CFL who wasn't good enough to play in the NFL. Wins the Super Bowl. He's your quarterback next year. Trent Green's gone. Gone. Trent Trent Green. Yeah, Trent Green. Trent Green. Trent Green was an eighth rounder. He was. Did they have eight? <laughs> did they have eight rounds? <laughs> he had eight rounds. Yeah, I was like, I was hoping for a first rounder so I could use that, but no, he was an eighth rounder. So my argument's pretty much I don't have a whole lot of legs on that one. But I was just saying that's 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 that. Hey, they went with the hot hand. They went with the guy that won the well, Super Bowl. Well, you went with the guy because I think Warner was like a like a fifth rounder. Yeah. So he went with the guy who, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> But he was drafted by the Chargers. He had played a couple years before he got to the Rams, so he must have put up some stats before he got Who, to the Trent, Rams. Trent Green? Trent Green. I remember back in those days. I know it was a lot Trent, younger. Trent Green was on the Redskins. And he had a good season. He had a, he had a really good season. He came in. Um, somebody got injured. He came in, and he had a really good season, and he was a, it was his contract year. So the Rams went out, and he was the number one quarterback free agent. Rams signed him. Uh, he got hurt in preseason. They brought in Kurt Warner. And uh, I remember Dick Vermeil like crying during the during the <laughs> press conference when when Trent Green got hurt. Yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, and right. uh, yeah, I mean the rest is history. The rest is history. But that that's a tough that that's not Trent Green is not Phil Sims. Trent Green's not not Mark Rippon. Maybe <laughs> could be the same guy. Never know. All right. Well, we're gonna I mean, I guess, I guess you could make the argument that when Alex Smith got hurt and they brought in Colin Kaepernick. Right. They stuck with Colin Kaepernick. Who was a third rounder and Alex Smith was the first overall pick. Yeah, but I think Niner fans had seen what Alex Smith was capable of doing. And Colin Kaepernick was he was like buying a really fast, like new car, very, very shiny. Yeah. Big. Like it could he could like the car the car that I mean Old reliable, like. Well, here's the a- thing. Alex Smith, Alex Smith was a was a nice, nice like Corolla well, the X factor Honda there, Civic. The X factor there was Harbaugh because if it was like um, like a Mariucci or somebody that was there that was just towing the company line, they would have went back to Alex Smith. Harbaugh don't give a f about nobody what he does. He does what he wants to do, and that's why he got fired. But the X factor here is that Doug Peterson has followed. Nick Foles around his entire career. He was with the, he was an offensive coordinator, uh, quality coordinator when uh, Foles was drafted. Foles was also on Kansas City when when Peterson was there as well. So he knows him very well. So he could be like, hey, we won the Super Bowl with Foles. I know it's a real long shot. I'm just saying he wins the Super Bowl. We have a whole other conversation about him and Wentz. But I wanted to jump into uh, this is going to lead us into the Q and A um, after the NBA talk. So if there's something that you pick out of this. Uh, we'll bring it back up and we'll discuss, but it's, uh, it's called Doug's hobby notes and uh, there's no rhyme or reason. It's just me going on tangents about what I've noticed over the last week. And I just jot them down in sentences and, uh, I just, just gonna, I just gonna hit it. I'm going to talk about it. And this is purely opinion. There may not be uh, so don't take any of this as fact. This is purely opinion. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and get started. Uh, 17, 18 basketball class is really good. 17, 18 products from Panini are mediocre. Prism Basketball, 1718, really good. 
1718 Prism Basketball printing presses are tired. Cavaliers want to do a do-over right now with uh, the trade of Kyrie. Isaiah Thomas looks really small right now, vertically challenged. Can Upper Deck please make five NBA products this year, maybe next year? Let's do hashtag Mudga, make Upper Deck great again, which I think somebody else already made that. I stole it from you, so I'm sorry. I don't know who, you, who came up with that, but I took it. Uh, with monetary medals embedded in cards like Eminence with gold and platinum, how long before we put real cash into cards? <laughs> 2000 and <laughs> just, just a folded up, folded up C note, huh? <laughs> 2017 <laughs> National Treasures football looks good. Clean designs. Deshaun Watson will be the top selling RPA. Do we have to buy collegiate NT this year to get regular NT? Question mark. I hope so. Put your Nick Foles bids in right now. Sell your Nick Foles right now. <laughs> a Gem 10 Brady Contenders Rookie Auto recently sold for $85,000. Would you rather have a Tesla or a picture of Tom Brady with a signature on it? Ain't nothing but a G-thang, Jimmy G-thang baby. No losses in career, I'm going crazy. Season tickets going off, about to pay me. Super Break, still making buyback products. Yet, I haven't seen their owner at any national or any event over the last two years. Boom. Shohei Otani hype will be bigger than the judge hype in 2018. Shohei Otani will be equal to crack cocaine in 2018. <laughs> the San Francisco Giants are a retirement team for MLB stars. San Francisco Giants have the 2010 All-Star team. I can't wait for Topps 2000 Series one, uh, 2018 Series 1 baseball. How will Panini do 2018 baseball without autos of Trout, Bryant, Jeter, Harper, and Ichiro? Panini Flawless Baseballs, Baseball will have autos of Otani and relics of Mantle in every case. <laughs> I am digging TriStar Hidden Treasures Platinum Signed Baseballs. They have signatures of Tom Brady on a baseball with his idols on the back, and he wrote Steve Young and Joe Montana. Panini recently changed first off the line to last off the line with releases of Contenders NFL, Flawless Baseball, and NT Baseball. The end of the Cavaliers. And that was the next topic. So that's my hobby notes. If you guys want to pick something out of there, we can talk about it in the Q&A. But I'm going to try to – I probably used all my good, good stuff now, so I don't know if I'll do it every week. But it's just, uh, just quick hit stuff that really can't really run on topics. So, But I wanted to talk to you guys about NBA. And uh, this is – now we're back open for discussion here. Um, C-Rad. The Cavaliers, one and five, the last six. Isaiah Thomas, like I said in my notes, looks really small. What do you think? Do they keep declining in the East, or do they bounce back? Um, I don't like to overreact. You know how I am. I, anytime <clears throat> it's a long NBA season, anytime these things happen, and it seems like it almost feels like ESPN kind of says, talks about the same thing. It kind of feels like, Cavaliers and LeBron James goes through this every January and February-ish where they're in a slump. They have team meetings. They're yelling at each other. They hate each other. People are going to get fired. People are going to get traded. Right. So I, I'm not going to overreact. Um, I think they're eventually going to put it together. It's obvious that they need help on the defensive end. I keep bringing this up when we're doing the live breaks, too. I say this all the time, but Cavaliers need help on the defensive end because um, they're they're not getting it done, man. Um Giving up 150 points to the to the OKC Thunder, like what are we doing out here? I know. Like, are you? Do you want that? Even in a regular season game, 
if you're a championship team, you're you're not supposed to let a team score 150 points <laughs> on you, dude. Right. Uh, like you know, obviously, I I I feel like they can still get it together. But um, the way the media paints it, there it seems like they're like ultimate dysfunctional dysfunction. So, um, I, I'm not gonna go crazy. I think they'll get it together, but they definitely need help on the defensive end. Well, it's funny because uh, I was listening to I forget which ESPN show, uh, but they were talking about the fact that LeBron usually around this time, around the All Star break, kind of recruits some guys that he wants to play with him for the rest of the season, and then at the end of the season, he kind of goes, "Well, the lineups wasn't good." <laughs> But it was like pretty much the lineups that he put together. Yep. So, and it's a weird thing. I mean, how do you feel as a Cavalier fan knowing that, hey, if we don't make it this year, we don't want to. Uh, LeBron's gone. He's not committing to anything. Yeah. So, how do you even get anybody over here? That's why they got Isaiah Thomas. Kyrie's like, I'm, hey, I'm going to jump ship before it goes down. So, I mean, it's King James's team. He is owner, coach, GM, and superstar. And yep. um, I don't know, man. I mean, um, I, I could see I could see them not being in the finals. I could see them getting ousted somewhere down the line. I mean, well, you've always said that you feel this whole season. You said you feel like the Celtics can bump them off, and you know you're still. I think you're still pretty high on the Celtics, right? I am halfway through the season. So um, I think the Cavaliers just. I mean, maybe they should like fall down to the sixth seed so they can rest because they got a lot of old mofo's on that team, and they ain't going to be ready for a young team like the Celtics or like your guys's Raptors and Wizards that you claim are the, you know, the top teams. You know, they got <laughs> you got they got an old Dwayne Wade. I mean, you you've got an old team, and you've got I, Isaiah Thomas. That I, I don't know if he's ever gonna be. He worked in Boston. I mean, he worked when he ran the offense. But I feel like LeBron runs this offense, and 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 they haven't been able to find a way to coexist yet. And that may may change. I don't know. Yeah, and he's a diva. What what do you think, Dan? What do you think about this uh, this rumbling about how bad the Cavaliers have been? LeBron James head not being in the game. I like LeBron James. He's good at basketball. I, I'm never going to say anything bad about the Cavaliers. I think the Cavaliers are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals and are going to lose to the Wizards. And uh, it's going to be a Warriors-Wizards final. That's yeah. it. Are we still live, by the way? I'm spinning over here. And uh, Yep, we are. Okay. It's going to be a Cavaliers-Warriors final, you're saying? No, it's going to be Wizards-Warriors, Wizards? Dude. Oh, come on. Cavaliers are going to lose <laughs> to the Wizards. Are you high? No, you <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> they didn't legalize it here. Woo! Woo! <laughs> Stand in line. 35% tax. 35% tax. Um, I have a bigger question. What What number is Isaiah Thomas? On the Cavaliers? On the Cavaliers now. What number is he? I thought he was two, but I think we saw a card today that looked like he was he three. He had a card that looked like he was three. And he can't go by IT4 now because he's definitely not four. So... Uh, is he three? Is he two? Doug said two. I saw a card today where he's three. This is this is the big question. He's number three. He's number three. Okay. IT three. IT three. So he took a step back in his number. He didn't go grow in his number. I know. It's like Kobe. The reason he did twenty four is because he wants to be one better than Jordan. Come on, Isaiah. You can't go backwards. You got to be number five. That's he's right. Like, he's all one less than I, one less as good as I used to be. <laughs> We got some breaks today, too, guys. We're filling up the Bowman's Best um, Super Jumbo coming up next. You can see the link in the chat. But, but yeah, I mean, the, the Cavaliers are going to be fine. They're going to go on a streak. They're going to probably win by 15 games in a row. I don't know why everybody's panicking. They're, they're fine. They're, they're definitely, they're definitely a top three team in the East, if not the top team in the East. I think people are panicking because the, it's not just that they're losing. It's just the way they are losing. 
it's 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 some pretty bad. It's bad basketball. Bad defensive basketball being played by the Cavaliers. And what? But what? What makes that? They really. LeBron's still there. What's the difference? Is is it really? Is it really Kyrie? Yeah. Uh, it's the new line. It's the new lineup. But Kyrie's been hurt so much in the past that they were still winning games when he was out of the lineup. Kevin Love's been playing bad too, and I think somebody said Kevin Love's been playing sick, like they're making excuses. Well, well, for well, him. well. Actually, Kevin Love has been was playing. He was playing. He was having one of his best seasons ever. So it's Kevin Love's before fault before Isaiah Thomas came back. So it's Isaiah Thomas's fault. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it. So the consensus is, is the reason why the Cavaliers are not as good this year as they were last year is because they traded. Kyrie Irving for Isaiah Thomas. That's what I'm wrong. They're, they're not as good this year because they they have too many new pieces to to add to their core team. Could so it, so, could, so it, could it be that they're all one year older? That could be the fact too. But why, why wouldn't you just double double team LeBron? <clears throat> Are you gonna have Isaiah Thomas or 45 year old Dwayne Wade beat you? How about you just take all the distractions out and you uh, you start one guy on the team. You start LeBron James. And he is the only guy out there. Just against, five on against, one against five other guys. <laughs> How about you? And, and it, it takes away all the distractions. There you go. It's a solid, solid game. And plan. I can guarantee you, LeBron James would go to the line at least thirty-five times in that game. Well, I wonder if uh, LeBron James is because uh, he didn't he didn't really answer the Tyrone Lue getting fired question. Really, he kind of was like, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. Um, Jason Kidd, oh, I don't know. Maybe, 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 maybe be the coach of the Cavaliers for the rest of the season. I don't yeah, know. I'm surprised Jason Kidd fired. Dude. Or he's gonna if, have it. If, or he's gonna bump off uh, Stephen Jackson and ESPN. He's gonna jump right ahead of him uh, on the uh, on the uh, the Daily Show. There, I I would say uh, if the Cavaliers end up getting a new coach, if 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 Lou gets fired, it, would it really surprise anybody if they were like, "All right, LeBron, you're the coach. You're, <laughs> you're player coach. Player coach." Like, I mean, I would say there's probably at least a fifteen percent chance of that happening. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the time we're supposed to be live with breaks. I did have a, a Q&A segment, and I wanted to start this. I know this has been like three shows in a row now, so then we're going we're gonna to answer this question. Um, uh, this was from uh, some mail going into the mailbag. You mentioned the subject that I submitted for the hype last week in the show, but it was never discussed, unfortunately. My question was, will 2018 be the year of more high-end products, no base cards, only signed cards and a few relics, than the hobby market has ever seen. So we'll start with that. Dan, what's your take? Um, I think, see, no. I think it's going to be the same release schedule that we've seen in the previous years. I don't think there's going to be – there may be some newer – some new releases that are added that are going to maybe replace certain releases. Are they going to be more high-end? No, there's still a market for – set collectors there's there's still a market for base cards uh we're never going to get away from that so i don't think there's going to be any more releases that are going to be more for the the high end but do you think if they did crank out more releases they'd probably lean more towards high end you would think i actually don't think so i think they would lean more towards that the the finest price price point like the i think i think tops really looks at it and they're i think their their sweet price point that they like is that hundred to hundred and twenty dollars a box I think that's where they like to be. Um, maybe for them, they look at it and they're like, it's less content that we have to put in there. There's less autographs that we have to get. We can get away with doing a finest box and having two autos and basically charging $120 a box or 
getting five or six autos and charging $350 a box or $400 a box. And it's a lot easier just to get the two autos than get the five autos. Yeah. So I think they, I, I think that, I think, I think Tops would actually, if they were to release any more products, I think it would be in the mid range. I don't right. think it would be high end or low end. Well, what about Panini? Would they, would, do you think, in your opinion, they would release more high end than low end? Uh, we're talking about baseball? Uh, anything. Football, basketball, baseball. Um, I think Panini would be more inclined to go after the high end. Uh, it's kind of the uh, it's kind of the the culture. It's kind of what they're building towards. Yeah. They're they're really going after the the higher end product. They they have no problem like producing a a product that has that's a thirteen thousand dollar price point that has nine cards in it. Right. Um. It's it's sold. They they've sold it in the they've sold it in the past. They've done they've done eminence. They've done a hand handful of other products that are super ultra premium. Right. Um, that haven't really taken off. Taken that, off. But I think they are more inclined to take the chance and try something like that than tops. Yeah. Than tops. What do you think, C Red? What's your opinion on the on more high end being released this year as opposed to low end? Um, I don't I don't see that happen. I like I agree with Dan. I think it's just gonna be it's gonna be pretty much more or less the same thing. Well, and I think you'll see that. And I think you'll see that with Chronicles is they were actually trying to go after the parallel market. I think more so. Uh, they, of course, there's patches and autos in there, but they tried to put those other sets in to try to create value on the low number parallels of those. So they're <coughs> they're trying to keep it where cards are still collectible without autographs and relics. I think. Um, the last, I think, the last, I think for the sustainability of of this industry, I think you need to have that. Yeah, I think you, I think you do, and I think you need less production overall too, which is uh, it was. Hurt is hurting basketball initially. I think there's, you know, it doesn't matter what rookie class you have. If you have uh, bad products, it's not going to sell. It's, but but it, it's, you need to make good products. But it's everybody speculating that it's a really good rookie class, and we're all putting in ridiculous amounts of pre-orders. Yeah. So, are, well, do, I think you, I think there's no think, doubt it's been a good, great I mean, rookie class. I mean, if they if they get pre-orders for seven thousand cases and you're a company that makes cards and you already have seven hundred cases spoken for that you're gonna be able to sell, are you gonna make five thousand cases? Why would you? That's like a bad that's bad business. Right. You have a demand for seven thousand, why would you make five thousand? Well that's the problem. It's it's over ordered. So I mean that's that's part of the I mean this has been going on since we've been breaking. This has obviously went on in the early 90s with after upper deck and the Griffey thing um so you know it's got to be a collectible for it to be worth anything and to people want to for people to want it it's got to be scarce the last part of his question and i don't think i have an answer for it but i will ask and maybe somebody in the chat because uh, i haven't done any research on this product do you have any news about the new upper deck nba product that is releasing this week which i don't think it did release this week is it only available for consumers who are ordering it directly from upper deck what i heard from a dealer who is at the show was that you have to order $5,000 in upper deck authenticated basketball stuff, which is their jerseys of LeBron and Jordan and stuff like that, Simmons, to get uh, boxes. I don't know if you get them for free or you have to order them at that point. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true, uh, but we'll have to do some more research on that to see if the that is, uh, in fact, true. And now Ziggy asked a question, and I'm scrolling back up, and I talked about this in my notes. Uh, will Otani be bigger than Judge? My answer to that is initially yes. The hype will be closer to Ichiro. Keep in mind, Judge came out in 2013, and he he didn't have much hype besides he was a Yankee, so there was people collecting him. 
Otani is going to have that international market that people are going to be searching for his cards. So he cannot take the field, and he'll probably have Bowmans that sell higher for than Judge, um, just based on hype. Now, he's got to perform, and there's been guys that have came like Dice K, like Nomo, that have had good careers, but they never lived up to their hype. Even You can even say Darvish yeah, never lived but, up to his hype. Yeah, but I got to say, out of the gate, Darvish – his stuff was selling through the roof. He was the number one guy in that year, 2000. Um, and, and Harper was in that. That year. that international market for baseball changes the whole outlook of a of specific pro, uh, product releases. It changes the whole market. Um, it's it, it can get crazy. I mean, it can truly get absolutely nuts. Do you think that they could have an Otani transcendent party next year? Um, I would expect if. And again, it really has to do if Otani performs. That'd be if, a really bad interview. If if Otani, I don't think they would have Otani come down. Um, but They'll I think I think I think the oh, I think it'd be an Otani set. Right. I think I think the uh, like yeah Bryant and Judge. I think it'd be Otani. Uh, but unless he, he just sucks, he has to perform. Yeah. I mean, he. I would say that he would have to perform, not have a good year. He couldn't be able to like say if he hits two fifty. And he hits twenty homers or something like that. That's not good enough. He has to win Rookie of the Year. Right. If he wins Rookie of the Year, if he wins Rookie of the Year, baseball releases this year is gonna they're gonna be nuts. They're gonna be crazy. And uh, I'll ask this one this this last question before we sign off and get into uh, breaking cards to see Rad uh, Ziggy also had the question. Thanks for the content today, by the way, buddy. What do you think about Lori for MVP and card prices? I don't know if you did you mean MVP or Rookie of the Year. He probably means Rookie of the Year, right? I'm assuming. So what, let's just say Lurie for Rookie of the Year and his card prices currently. What do you think about him? Um, rookie of the Year, no. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year. Um, he could definitely make a stronger case for himself if he continues to play at a high level throughout the rest of the season. Uh, but he's probably going to, just because his team isn't doing great, um, I would say he's he's probably going to be out of the running for rookie of the year, even if he he's definitely playing at the, at a high level. He's top three rookie right now for sure. Hey, doesn't he have the um, most three pointers this year? I think overall. Yeah, he's he's definitely exceeding everybody's expectations as a rookie. And he's seven foot, so he's he's like a like this he, mold he, this mold of player coming out like Porzingis. Yeah, he's exactly. I was just about to say that uh, he's exactly he's a, he's in the same lane as a, a Porzingis, a same situation almost as Porzingis, where you know he had a great rookie season too, Porzingis, but you know he took he he. Didn't win Rookie of the Year, you know. Cat, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns won that year. Um, but so I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. And what was the second part of the question? His card, uh, prices, his card right? prices. Uh, definitely room to grow for sure. I mean, I haven't looked at his, his, uh, his silvers. His, I don't know his RPAs will be top five selling RPA and NT. I mean, for sure. This is kind of a it's kind of a funky year. Do you? You uh, can buy one for th- eighty bucks. Does, does any Does anybody really think that any of this year's rookies are going to win Rookie of the Year? Over Simmons. Over Simmons. I mean, question. I no. I think I think there's, I think there's almost without a doubt. I, I would say if I had to put a percentage on, it's probably like eighty five percent. Right. I would I, I would say, say I, so, I would say Simmons and yeah. pending Sim, injury. I would say seventy percent Ben Simmons. If Simmons doesn't win it, it's probably Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they should change that. I I know Simmons did not play last year, but they should change that rule because he he was able to. 
study his team's playbook last year. Right. It's he, a bit he, he was able to have like yeah. an understanding of he he kind he, he watched the NBA game. He but he's technically he was able to sit on the bench. He was able to like you know practice with his teammates. He was able to like he understands his game the game plan that they're trying to do. Did it, Blake Griffin win? Rookie Blake, of the year? Blake Griffin won after it, a year off. After a year off, because Tyreek won yep. the year that he was actually. So you, a I mean, yep. if you think about it, the in the recent history, the two rookies that were out for a, their full year, they came back and they won Rookie of the Year. Well, Embiid was going to win last year, remember? But yeah. he got hurt, so it was Brogdon, who it should, probably should have been Embiid anyway. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Now he's a first. He's a starter as well, an All Star. Embiid only. <laughs> He played very like what is it like twenty nine games? Twenty nine games. It's yeah. hard to give it to somebody who only played twenty nine. But games. I mean, I think in the grand scheme of things, I don't mind it too much. In the grand scheme of things, I know people want their rookie, like their actual seventeen eighteen rookie, to win, so that it, it kind of relates to like the the card market too, like because they want you know they, they it'll be it'll look better for that seventeen eighteen rookie. But in the grand scheme of things, rookie of the year it, it only bumps it up a little bit, right? They they still gotta have a, a a successful long career. Yep. You look at Brogdon. Nobody wants his cards. I, Michael Carter Williams, but what Michael Carter Williams rookie autos are probably something a- for like three dollars. Actually, since we're talking, we're gonna let's talk about the. Uh, I know we got to go, but the uh, thirteen fourteen rookie class. Uh, there's a guy who made the All Star team, who no one's talking about. Uh, Victor Oladipo made the made the All Star team, hmm. um, having a hell of a year uh, under the radar. Under the radar, uh, had a really good rookie season. Mm-hmm. Has now bounced around. He's he's one of the he's kind of like Isaiah Thomas, where he just cannot stick. Yeah, he's on the Pacers now. He can't stick on a team. Yeah. Um, but he's back home. He he went to Indiana. Interesting to look at as an investment, really. But Victor Oladipo is an All Star. Yeah. So he's one of the he's in the top twenty players in the league. And your boy Dame Lillard still never an All Star. No, he, ma- he made it. Always a bridesmaid, not he a bride. It. He made Did it. He make it. Yeah, he made it. You sure? Yep. Okay. Well, first time. He should have been in the last couple years. Every year. All right, guys. Well, that does it for the show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you check out mojobreak.com for any upcoming breaks. We've got limited NFL that looks really nice releasing Friday. We've got Chronicles NBA today. We're kicking off the day of breaks with our Super Bowman's Best 7-Box Mixer. Then we get into playoff NFL, which is sold out. It's a Super Bowl square break. But if you want to get in a Super Bowl square break, we have Absolute NFL coming up. And that product's nice. 2017 Absolute we also have Hockey Today, SP Game Use for Cheap, more Chronicles, Court Kings, and the second-to-last case of Mojo Collection popping off tonight as well. So thank you guys for tuning in, and um, I don't think I'm going to hit my outro because I didn't have it ready, but uh, you guys get the gist, and we will sign off. We'll see you guys again next week on The Hype. Bam, bam, thank you for joining on The Hype.